my business model was very, very much based on being able to give back to the community to build them up, give them more knowledge, to make them more powerful. Welcome to Ask the Pros Business Show, where we have conversations with entrepreneurs and people in business about their business journey, providing our listening community with a variety of strategies that can help grow their businesses. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Ask the Pros Business, where we bring business owners, entrepreneurs on the show, come on the show to share their journey and their story. You know, and on this particular episode, I've got Natalia Nicholson here. Um, she's here to share a journey and a story. You know, she's got an amazing story. You know, spoke to her her out this interview. You know, she's got an amazing story, doing a wonderful work for women. You know, and men as well. You know, so Natalia, on this show, we always start from the beginning, which means you know, telling us how the journey started for you. For you, how did it all begin? Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, it's an absolute pleasure being here today. And uh, my journey started in 2003, so some time ago, around the, the dot-com boom industry. And back then, it's very different to how it was now. There was no Canva. There was no cloud-based systems. <laughs> Technology as we see it today wasn't like that. You had to get manpower to be able to build up an e-commerce website. Uh-huh. So I thought I was going to be the next multicultural Amazon. So my business model was to sell an array of books, A to Z, to teach the Black community where they came from because I struggled from a really young age that our history was not readily available it felt like we didn't exist before slavery um, literally and it just didn't make any sense to me and every time I kept asking questions I just wouldn't get answers I was just pointed towards Martin Luther King or Malcolm X you know I grew up in urban inner city London my parents are from the Windrush generation so from the Caribbean I'm second generation where you feel like you don't belong in the country you live in and you don't belong in the country that your parents come from. And then to add to that, you're a part of the transatlantic slave trade where you don't actually really know where you're from. So I was very curious. And that curiosity is what led to my first business model of once I started to understand the history of our people and who I am, I wanted to share that knowledge. I felt like if you knew where you was coming from and if you could understood all the lengths that had been gone through to suppress us as a race, that would make you stronger. So my business model was very, very much based on being able to give back to the community, to build them up, give them more knowledge, to make them more powerful. But I was very young and I got too big for my boots. So having graduated (laughs) in marketing, um, working for organisations like Capital Radio, Daily Mail, I thought I knew it all. And at that age, you often do. So that business led to really extreme failure. That business led to me going bankrupt, literally turning up to the courts to file bankruptcy and being told you have to have £500. But hang on, I've got no money. So at that time, I had a property portfolio. I lost the house that I lived in. I owed friends and family money. It was a really humiliating experience, one of my darkest moments. However, it made me who I am today. From there, I just couldn't go and work for someone. So I decided to start a cleaning business. I thought I'm really good at speaking to people. I've got good admin skills. So I was literally picking up the phone you know, in a really posh voice and then turning up to clean people's houses. (laughs) Um, I started that business on £600 and got it to a turnover of half a million. Wow, Um, nice. Yeah, until I sold it because I just couldn't maintain being a mum and running national contracts. By that time, I had national contracts with retailers. Um, So from there, I decided that I was going to get into coaching. Thought, I've got children. I've been through a lot. I've got a lot that I can give back in terms of my experiences. There was a lot of coaches at that time as well that never run their own business, but they were coaching and business mentoring. And it just seemed crazy to me that you can mentor or coach around something that you've never done. It's like being an antenatal teacher and you've never had a child or being a midwife and you've never given childbirth. It's a bit of a bizarre thing to do. Um, For me, that didn't last that long because I wasn't fulfilled. I'm an entrepreneur at heart. So I decided to design my own candle range, went to China. Then I started my own e-commerce business selling on Amazon and Shopify. So, you know, went through the whole product development, importing, setting that business up. Thought I'd just set a website up, put the products on Amazon and boom. Well, it didn't work like that. So that's what really got me into digital marketing and understanding how to sell online. Um, and then I started getting into inviting into speaking engagements. From there, I started doing consulting and coaching for large corporations like Google, BT, nonprofits, local boroughs. 
And then I just didn't feel fulfilled. I just wanted to be helping people in my community. So I feel like I went full circle in terms of my why from starting the multicultural business and wanting to help my community to then starting a community where I, I again wanted to help people like me, but decided that I was going to help underrepresented women because we're not, we're just such powerful creatures and we're just never given the props that we deserve. <laughs> uh, Natalia, what a, what, a, what, a, what a wonderful story, man. Wonderful story, you know, having all that setback, you know, and, you know, for one, you, you think that, oh, when you have this kind of setback, you know, like the bankruptcy and all that, the, the first thing you do is to look for a job, you know, number one, human instinct to be like, okay, what's the next thing? What do I do for cash? You know, is, is to look for a job. But for you, you never went through that route, you know, but I was just wondering what was going through your mind, you know, all that happening, you know, and not thinking about getting a job, but you just want to start another business. To be fair, I did go and work for about three months. Remember, I've got family pressures now. I owe people money. Okay. You know, people telling me you can't keep doing this. You can't, you know, live your life like it's a dream. You've got to go and work. You know, we are taught instinctively from really the minute we come out the womb, most of us, that you need to get a good education and you need to get a job. So having that drummed into me, I did try and go back to work. But this is the thing. When you're an entrepreneur, it runs through your veins. It, it's just like if you can sing or you can dance or you can draw. So guess what? When I went back to work, I just thought one day, F this, I'm not, this is not me. And I'm going to follow my dreams. And it's funny, from that moment, every year I read Napoleon Hill, Think Rich, Grow Rich. And one of the first things you have to have in you to be able to succeed at your dreams is desire. And I just decided when I would try to go back to work, I'm not letting this beat me. I, I I want to be a successful businesswoman. And I just felt, what can I do? And I also felt like I actually also calculated how long it would take me to pay everybody back if I stayed in a nine to five job. And that also didn't seem appealing to me either. <laughs> well, well. So I took the risk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, think think and grow, which is a great book. You know, read that as well. So much motivation there. You know, desire as well. You know, to start. But but for you, a few minutes ago, you, you were talking about you know you have to go around the circle. You know, before you now found out that you know you need to go certain part. You know, but for me, I think it's all about starting because if you don't start, you never you never know the next thing. I I couldn't agree with you anymore. I think in this world we wait for perfection too much. We're always wanting to prepare. And, you know, there's many people that go from working and they want to side hustle and they want to know how can I transition from my job to a profitable business that pays me the same amount as my job. And it, it's a problem. We've got this problem of wanting this perfect world. And you're right. Um, I'm a firm believer in practice makes permanent. And if you're going to figure out a strategy without trying and testing anything, forget it. You are only ever going to seek succeed in business by making mistakes. You are going to have to fail your way to success. So if you cannot deal with successes and failures, this journey just probably isn't for you, if you want me to be honest. That might sound really harsh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And going back to and going back to studying again, like for me as well, use myself as an example, you know, but you know, I, I started this podcast out of, out of nothing. Like, you know, I just had to start, you know, right now I have a new podcast now, which I believe that's where I'm going because this is tailored to my career, my job, you know, because I've got a nine to five as well, you know, so this is centered around my job, what I do. So now I'm looking at Ayla, you know, this is where I want to be. But if I didn't take, if, if I didn't make that first step, that first move, you know, yeah. I won't get to where I am today. You know, I, I won't be, I won't be having all those, all these, all them reviews. And so, okay, she's so doing an amazing job. You know, I like your yeah. show. I like the, I, you know, I like what you're doing. So it's just, it's just all about starting, man. It's all about starting. Yeah. You have to start. And also everybody has to remember little by little, you build your power. I keep telling my children, you don't want to do something and you're perfect at it. You have to work at it. You know, sometimes when we read all these success stories on the internet, on social media, well, I 10x my business in three months or I'm 21 and I'm a stockbroker living in a penthouse you need to go and you know, do the research behind this the biggest stockbrokers in the world the biggest entrepreneurs in the world and um, these people went through adversity and they had to learn and you're right you just have to start you've got to start the journey because practice does make permanent actually little by little you do build your power yeah i think just to throw one in again it's it's like baby steps you know if uh, if, if a baby doesn't take the first step the baby's not going to walk right 
you know, so it's just taking that first step and, you know, learning and feeling as well, falling down, probably he or she's going to hurt, you know, hurt a few bones and legs, you know, hands and stuff. And, but eventually that baby's going to walk. You, you have know? to crawl before you can walk as well. You just <laughs> got to start. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And going back to, you know, starting a business, you know, we want to think about, you know, like some people will say, oh, I want my logo to be perfect. You know, I want my business name to be the best. You know, I want to have the best equipment, you know. But for you, starting out, you know, what would you say about just starting? Do you see as you you need to have everything in place? You know, because starting a business, you know, in the, in the beginning, you might play many roles. Like you, you yeah, might be the content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> might, you might be the content creator, the accountant. You know, the 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 editing guy, everything. You know, but some guys will say, you know, I want to save a lot of money to hire those guys. You know, for you, what do you think? What do you think about that? Um, I think what was a lot of my fundamental mistakes was not understanding who my audience is. So if we go back to things like logo, the first thing you do when you think of a business, you think, right, I'm going to get a logo. I'm going to get a website. This is how I want to represent myself. And I think what happens is we've got the end goal in mind so much that we're trying to create this business that looks like Coca-Cola from the very beginning. And mm-hmm. we forget that even when it comes to branding, you know, even my son the other day, I had to explain to him, for those of you that live in England, Mr. Sainsbury's was a person person mr tesco's was a person these people's businesses were built on their ethoses your business is born out of you so i think in the beginning you need to scale it back so you need to understand who is my audience but you can't be all things to everyone so even if you're trying to appeal to a mass market like one of the mistakes a lot of entrepreneurs make is all my marketplace is a million people so even if i get 0.5 percent of that marketplace imagine that i'll be an instant millionaire The problem is, is you cannot get your brand to connect with so many different types of people. So one of the things that you need to do is think to yourself, what customer segment am I going to go after first? Make sure it's incredibly niche and tailor your brand around that. If you scale it back and you niche down, you will now be able to produce a brand, a website, a logo and all the fundamentals that you need in the beginning at a much smaller scale yourself, just being able to maybe freelance and use sites like Upworks and Fiverr for things. The minute you try to appeal to loads of different customer customer segments, they're hanging out on different channels, you now just 10x your workload and you're one person. So in the beginning, you really need to learn to scale back, which actually as an entrepreneur is really, really difficult to do because it's within our blood to want to start 10 businesses at the same time. Yeah, you're going to get your hands on so many things, man, which in turn, I think I, I think that won't work, you know, because I think you just have to just start little, you know, and, and you build, you know, like like Lego, like building the Lego, you know, you start from the yeah. base and build up, you know, and, you know, you just mentioned something about, you know, branding and, you know, personal branding and all that, you know, for you, which comes first, you know, personal branding or business branding? It has to be personal branding. Your business is like a child. It's born out of you. Um, you know, someone once asked me, one of my coaches, what makes you fascinating? And if you ever gone to answer a question, then you pause because you think, OK, that's actually quite a big question. Maybe I'm not going to answer that straight away and just jump in like that. And, you know, your brand story and your why people buy people. If people don't know, people haven't got a clue what your business is. And how many times do you ask someone what's in your business? And they're still talking five minutes later and you lost them. People need to understand you and your why, and that's what they remember, and that's how you're going to grow. Your business brand will come as your your personal brand grows. When we think about people like Gordon Ramsay, Oprah Winfrey, Michael Jordan, Richard Branson, these are great examples of how they grew their personal brand first, and then their business brand came, and then almost became two separate entities, just like a mother and a child. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's that, that's a very good one. You know, I think, yeah, you're right. You know, the personal brand comes, you know, and the business brand comes. Like, for instance, you just mentioned some few names. And like, look, looking at Apple, you know, when, when you mm. look at Apple as a product, the first thing you think about is Steve Jobs. Like, yeah. if, even, even though he's no more, you know, he's no, he's no more with us, you still see his face. We see his face for our age, <laughs> just to let you know. <laughs> if I got my children in the ring, <laughs> they might say differently. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. You're right. 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 You know. (laughs) Sorry, my age keeps coming up a lot lately. Just to let you know. Oh, I've been saying some things, and my audience are a younger audience. They're like, "Who? What?" (laughs) 
Uh, um, but yeah, you're right. No, no, but I get the point you're making. Even yeah, you do. You think of Steve Jones, you know, Virgin. You think of Richard Branson, but Steve Jones is actually a beautiful example because his personal brand is still that strong that we will associate yeah. him with Apple, just like you associate Richard Branson with Virgin. He doesn't even own half the subsidiaries anymore. Yeah. So they are perfect examples. Um, these guys understood about PR. Steve Jones and Richard Branson, particularly understood about the power of their own brand story and how it would make their brand different. Steve Jobs understood that he wasn't trying to be Microsoft and actually Apple was for the creatives. It was for people that were edgy and for the people that, you know, were different. You know, is someone of, you know, who was, is it generation? I always get confused. Zed? Gen Z. That's it, Gen Z, that's it. Um, someone from Generation Z, um, Gen Z wouldn't maybe have the same thoughts Apple as we did because they don't understand the brand story of Steve Jobs. But um, personal branding has to come first. It has to. People want to know your why. That's why we've seen some bigger brands, recent brands come out that have gotten taken over, like the innocent drink, the fact that it's natural juice in a box. It came out of the fact that it was a family um, the same as um, Ella's Kitchen, it, the fact that people wanted something healthy in a packet. Does that make any sense? It came yeah. from a story of why they created it. And that's how that brand blew up. Um, that's what makes a brand big. It's a brand story being attached to it. And Steve Jobs and people like Richard Branson did brilliant jobs of that. But they it came from a personal brand. It came from them. <laughs> yeah, Natalia, absolutely, man, 100, man. There's got to be a story there because I think when it's a story, it's easier to have people to buy in, you know. there's all to be able to relate to it. And brand stories are like Hollywood blockbusters. Um, you know, every great Hollywood movie, you know, will introduce its characters. It will introduce the adversity and the conflict. And then the end will be how that conflict and adversity was overcome. The beginning, the middle and the end. Um, and when you talk in a story format, people can connect to that. And that connection is why people buy from you. So when people on the Internet keep talking about, I'll teach you the secret of selling online and getting customers. It does wind me up just to let you know. <laughs> the biggest secret to successfully selling digitally is to figure out how to make intimate connections with your audience through hardware through a laptop through a tablet through a phone it's about building relationships and building sincere relationships so actually your brand story is the start of that it's the start of someone connecting with you and then deciding whether they're going to buy from you or not they're in the thinking process your job for the rest of the marketing campaign is to convince them to buy from you and to keep buying from you yeah, absolutely. Man. That's building, the only secret there is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Building relationships and also being relatable as well is key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I often compare it to um, the analogy I use is meeting someone. So, you know, you're in Starbucks every day, you're on the platform waiting for your train, your eyes meet, you think, oh, did I, did, was there something there? Was there not? You see them again the next day, you change, te exchange telephone numbers. That exchange of telephone number is no different to you signing up to someone's lead magnet and giving your email, your telephone number. After that, you might exchange on WhatsApp, text, you might have telephone conversations. Then you go for a date. Then, you know, you might move in. You have to nurture your customers. Um, you can't be wham, bam, thank you, man. It's like the laws of intimacy. You need to respect your potential customers and build relationships and build sincere relationships. And even when you get married and they buy from you, you have to have date night. You know, you have to keep the relationship alive. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely, Natalia. You've done a lot, you know, you've come a long way as well, you know, and I know that, you know, doing all that, putting yourself out there, you know, trying to just build that relationship, like you said, like, like you just said now, there must be things that would happen along the line, you know, for you, you know, what's the most difficult thing, you know, starting all those businesses and, you know, your failures as well, success as well. What was that thing that, that was going through your mind? I said, you know, if I, if I probably knew I would have done this this way or done this that way, you know, what was most difficult for you? I think the most difficult thing for me, it's a really good question. It's a very interesting question. I try to answer my questions honestly. I think I was the biggest obstacle to get over. I was trying to explain this the other day to someone. See, the ego is a very strange thing. The ego is a bit like the devil. It will hold you back. So the ego 
will tell you that it's not your fault. The ego will tell you to, you know, just listen to this person or follow the steps and you'll be able to make it. So sometimes I think us ourselves can be our own worst enemy. And I think I definitely was my own worst enemy. And I spent a long time looking for answers within people, within communities, within programs. I spent a phenomenal amount of money going on programs and emulating, thinking, well, I'm going to be just like that person. I'm going to follow those steps. And there's a lot of people that will take your money. The fact remains that, you know what, we've all got our own journey. We've all got our own why. And nobody can tell you what to do or how to do it. You are going to have to put your big girl pants on or your big boy boxer shorts on. And you are going to have to figure it out for yourself. But um, and that's why for me, my own community, it's really important that I build out frameworks that people can follow. You have to really understand your why and understand what your goals are. And I think for me, the minute I was clear on what my goals are and I was comfortable in asking for it and going for it. So some of it is to do with mindset. I just started to think a lot more strategically and creatively. Um, but I still think that that came from making a number of mistakes. So if I could go back and say, what would I do differently? There's nothing I would do differently because I don't believe in that. But I would have believed in myself more that I had the ability to do this. And I don't have to follow someone that appears or deems to be more successful and try and follow their journey. I just needed to write my own story. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you, and you're doing an amazing job, man. And I, I love your journey and your, and your story so far, you know. And now going to, you know, you're the, you're the founder of Women in Digital Business, right? Yeah, that's correct. You know? yeah. and, and I know you said that a couple of minutes ago, why are you going to that? But what was the main thing behind that? You know, like the, the main thing, the, the strategy behind it, you know, how you wanted to work with these women and, you know, and the, the fact that, you know, you, your interest was to empower women, you know, what was that drive behind the whole thing? Um, I'm just going to keep it real with you. Um, this world's gotten really politically correct for me lately with all these correct labels saying things the right way um, and this whole diversity issue. For me, the whole underrepresented women, um, it was important to me. I don't feel like we have representation. So particularly within underrepresented groups, women of colour are setting up businesses and especially in the tech and the digital space at the fastest rate than any other group. We hit ceiling heights because we don't have any support. We don't get any funding. The average even capital venturist, um, even on the private sector, for every pound they donate, 13 pence will go to women. And then once you throw colour into that, th there isn't even a number, just to let you know. It can fall below one cent. Um, so to know that we're a group that's excelling the way that we are and there isn't that support. And I feel like, especially women of colour, we've been excelling for a long time. Many of us have been sitting behind our husbands, sitting behind CEOs of organisations, running our own businesses, building them up from grassroots with no help. And I just felt like the way that I was going into different communities and listening to people that I see on social media, I see in the media, but I don't see a reflection of myself. And I'm trying to them, get mentored by them, but they cannot understand me because you cannot walk through my shoes and feel what I feel. You just can't, not as a black woman. Um, so I think that's where my passion came from. And just the amount of money that I spent on being in communities and programs that when I look back now, what I was taught didn't even scratch the surface. Trying to teach me my brand story, what my goal should be, you know, how to get high ticket clients. That wasn't the answer. So I just spent a lot of money for information that, yes, it did help me, but the value of it just wasn't there. So for me, the community was about, A, being able to relate to my audience and them to have a place where, you know, their blueprint is different to mainstream audiences. So they could come and have that relationship and that connection with me and the other women in the community. Also, many of us that come from underrepresented backgrounds are target audience also as well do you know big organizations have now recognized that their marketing department departments don't reflect their customers so again you're going into communities and being taught how to get customers when the very people teaching you don't even understand your customer <laughs> because there is a cultural difference yeah um, so there, there's, there's many reasons. And the, the second one that's really big for me is that I wanted women to come somewhere where actually they get depth. 
So when you join my community, this is not just about branding. It's not just about understanding who your audience is. We really help you to build out a strategic growth plan. We teach you, if you're going to use social media, this is the best way to go about it. We teach you how to set up Facebook pixels, how to do Facebook advertising, hashtags, how to build out a sales funnel, the real strategy. We teach you the psychology and the soft skills, but we'll also teach you the tech and the automation that sits behind that as well. So a lot of these programs don't offer you that depth. It's what I would call fur coat, no knickers. <laughs> if anybody's my age group's ever heard of that expression before. So it was just important to me to be able to build a community where I can rise women up like myself. And they don't have to make some of the horrible mistakes I've had to make. You are going to make mistakes. I'm not going to apologize about that. But if I can minimize your mistakes, um, you know, think about, us who are businessmen and businesswomen, our children are going to gain so much benefit from that. Think about if our parents had taught us just some of the basic fundamentals that we now know that we teach our children. So it's just about passing the knowledge on without ripping people off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I said it. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, Natalia. You're you're, you're doing an amazing job, you know, and you're, you're also, you know, trying to help these women as well, you know, advocate for them as well, you know. But in terms of, you know, funding and helping women of color, you know, like we're saying a few minutes ago, you know, what do you think, you know, big organizations out there could do or can do, you know, is there is there more to There's it? There's a lot more. And for me, I've just, um, I, I've just decided that, you know what, I can't control what larger companies or people um, do. I can only do what I can do. So for me, I decided to run diversity training with organizations and the money I make from that, I actually give back to my mastermind group to help fund their businesses to scale. As we're growing as a business, a certain percentage of the profits are now going back into a pot next year where that money will be given to women that have proven they've got viable businesses to help them to be able to advertise and scale. So. I've kind of realized I've I've tried to do a lot of work and it's just a lot of energy for not getting much back out. So you know what? Um, My dad always taught me those who know better should do better. So I can't speak for people anymore or say that they've got requirements because they've built wealth. What I want to do is try and build my own wealth so I can give back how I feel the community deserves yeah yeah it's, it's it's amazing what you're doing you know and i know the last time we spoke before for the show i think we we're talking about women really stand up for women you know or is it just like a mask thing you know because i know th- i know there's a big saying out there they say oh women for women girls for girls you know supporting women businesses and things like that there's all that out there you know which which i totally support as well because i mean that of three girls you know obviously i know that you know the reward out there it's not going to be so easy for for girls right now and and i and i, and I know that there's a lot that needs to be done you know but for you you know that saying women supporting women and all that you know is there there something else we're not seeing yeah I mean I do feel like as I've grown up I'm 43 years of um, age (laughs) and I do feel like as I've grown I've seen women and sisterhood come together more I also feel at the same time though that it was always there but it's never been put in the forefront of the media I feel like those who like to portray women and women of colour, it suits them to put out there. Does that make any sense that, you know, we don't support one another or the support's not there? Um, For me, again, I don't know if you're starting to get a tone from me. I, I can only be me and I say it as it is. I just feel like when it comes to women and women, I feel like when it comes to our culture, I feel like they report. And when I say they, I mean the media, let's be clear about that. Uh-huh. They report and they show images of what they want to see or they want people to see of us. I don't believe that that is the case. You're always going to have a case where you're going to have jealousy. It's not a nice emotion. It exists in all communities, not just between women, if that makes any sense. So mm-hmm. I, I, for me, I just feel like I have watched my whole life um, things that are orchestrated in the mainstream to make women of colour, people of colour, look a, a certain way. I find that I can be in a room and if I'm confident and, you know, I speak very strong and I stand up for myself, all of a sudden I'm a bully. I'm sure many women listening to this could relate to what I'm saying. Uh You know, all of a sudden it's just like, you know, you're aggressive because you're confident. If I start crying, then what are you going to say in the boardroom as a woman? So you're damned if you do, damned if you can't, if that makes any sense. Um, And I think where there was so little of us maybe working our way up the career ladder, it caused a lot of competition. 
Um, but as you're seeing more and more women start their own business now, you are seeing sisterhood come together. You are seeing so many women who influence. If you just go onto Instagram and Facebook, the amount of groups that there now are of women supporting women now that we are running our own business, it's phenomenal. Funny that when we was in the corporate world and there was little of us, there was more bickering going on. Why was that? What environment was we in? Because we certainly weren't the majority. <laughs> Yeah. And again, once once you're in the corporate world, you know, there's that there's that micromanaging and control as well. Yeah. You know, but, but once you're doing your own thing, you put out your content the way you want to put out put out your content, you know. No one can really can really manage you, you know. So, so you do things on your own call, you know. But you know, working with women is great, you know. But if a woman comes to you and says, Natalia, you know, I I I need help, I want to start my own business, you know, and I have saying ideas, you know. What is your first approach in terms of assessments and strategy? What do you do differently, you know, that others won't do? Um, like, for instance, someone came to me and there's like, I want to start my own business. I'm not sure. Um, all I can do is try and support. What I mean by that is that you do need to know what you want to do. You need to be clear on your goals and you need to be clear on where you want to go. And then we can help you. Mm-hmm. So I'm not in the business of trying to sell someone's um, a false paradise. Does that make any sense? It's like, oh, yeah. come and join my community. <laughs> we can give you everything you need. You're going to be a millionaire in 12 months. If I can see that you're not ready and you telling me you're at ideology stage, I know that already you've just communicated to me you're not ready. Mm-hmm, we are support mm-hmm. you as much as we can with, um, you know, free resources, events that we do, books that I've read that's res- resonated with me, other communities that can really help you, a coach that can maybe guide you. But for that stage of where you're at, this community probably isn't for you. Because remember what I said to you, once you get into the membership site, the playbooks and training that we've got in there, they're serious. This is like you need you've got your business model and you need to find customers online. You're now looking at how am I going to segment my audience? You're now, you know, learning about social media. You have to have got that business established. It doesn't need to be making anything. It doesn't need to be viable, but you need to be taking it seriously. And that's not to discredit anyone. Does that make any sense? But I'm just not interested in pipe dreams. Um, the amount of communities that I went into that they weren't for me and rather than the founder and the creator saying that you know you just got led on yeah pay your money here do this we're getting to where you need to be when it just wasn't my time being ready for that so for me the question you're asking me is that I'm just always going to be honest I'm not going to sell you a dream of saying we're going to get you to where you need to be even if when I have people say to me, I've got a sideline hustle, what you've done is amazing. Got a lot of respect for you because you've got your main job, but you're consistent and you're putting your energy in all your spare time. The minute I've heard I've had a sideline hustle and yeah, I've started it, but then I fell out of it and I've been in that same cycle for the last six, seven years. And again, please don't get angry with me, anyone listening to this. I'm just being honest with you. I know that this community is not necessarily for you. You need help first and foremost of, you know, being clear on your goals in your mindset and um having consistency it's really funny um I had date night on Saturday um and my husband was saying to me you know you have to be able to keep a promise to yourself if you can't commit to keeping a promise to yourself how can you commit to anything else in life yeah yeah absolutely I'm looking to you you know I, I already sense that failure is not is not an option for you you know you <laughs> Um, I don't I don't know if it's not an option. I think it's always an option for me. I think as I've grown older, I'm just not frightened of it anymore. I understand that failing is just the making of me. Um, I love reading biographies and watching biographies. Even on Saturday date night, I went to see um, Aretha, Respect. Absolutely loved it. It was just mistake after mistake after mistake that just brought greatness after greatness after greatness. Um, I just think that you just need to get over failing because failing is essential in life to get ahead. So I'm just not frightened to fail. You know, if you get knocked down, you're just going to have to brush yourself off and get back up again. And for anybody listening, trust me, there were times when I got back up and it felt like someone was just knocking me down. I got back up and they knocked me down straight away. There were times that I didn't even get back up to stand back up and it felt like I was knocked back down again. Oh my God, you know, I I know you... But the women you work with, you know, like in terms of motivating them, you know, trying to inspire them as well, you know, and and they say, oh, Natalia, I can't go on anymore. I just want to just I just want to quit. You know, I can't do this anymore. You know, what do you say to those set of people? What does life look like if you don't succeed? Is that the life that you want to live? Is that 
are you okay with that if you're okay with that and you know you've been pushed to your limit and you know you know what this isn't for me well then that's fine and I've, I've been here before I'm talking from experience there was a time about seven years ago and I said to my husband you know what I'm just I'm okay with it this time I'm going to be honest with you if I get to October and something hasn't happened I just realized that I'm meant to be a housewife look after the kids <laughs> and you know what um maybe they'll, they'll live they'll live my dream maybe it's I'm here to have this desire to be my children that do it it's not for me this is real talk I've had enough and I, I did this talk before but I'll be doing it with the tears oh! <laughs> I'll be doing it with a glass of wine but this time I was calm as it was just like I'm done it was like a drop the mic moment and I think this is like about the beginning of September October I got a contract to do digital marketing training and consultancy um, with the London Borough. Within the January, I then got up to start speaking and doing Google Digital Garage, and it just snowballed from then. Um, some of you might be... I don't really have a religion. I believe in God. Um, and there's an expression in the Bible and God, God won't give you no more than you can bear. So if someone came to me and said that, if you're ready to just stop and you're at peace with it, Maybe it's just your time not to do it. But if you're feeling like you're saying this, but you're frustrated and deep down, you know that you want to push forward and succeed, but you're just tired, take a breath and get up. <laughs> <laughs> so what motivates you to do more? Um, what motivates me to do more? Oh, I'm driven by success massively. I'm not driven by money. Money's a commodity. It's a piece of paper. Let's put the West has really taken things like gold, diamond. Remember, we used to trade with things like salt. We used to trade with silver. We used to trade with gold. Um, we won't mention what part of mankind it was, but they decided to create paper. <laughs> and they decided to make the richest countries in the world poor because they decided to trade with a piece of paper that isn't worth absolutely anything. So I'm not motivated by money. So what keeps me going is being motivated by success and having a legacy, generational wealth, my family um, and my community. I feel like our people and anybody whose generations have been involved in the um, transatlantic slave trade just deserve it. And I think behind it all, even when you think about my first business, that's what actually drives me. So what is success to you? Um, success to me is when I'm on my deathbed, I, can, I know that I'll be remembered for what I did, not for any possessions that I have. I can, I'll be leaving a legacy. That's success for me. Yeah, it's funny when you say that. I interviewed um, a guest a couple of months back, and and I asked him about, oh, what is your what is your legacy? You know, what what was legacy to you? And he he told me a story about, you know, when he dies, you know, and and people are in his funeral. He wants to go into the funeral, and he wants to listen to what people have to say about him. You know, listen to the the body movement. You know, the communication. You know, if they're going to say good things about him, you know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of self-gratification. <laughs> you know, like... I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just said it in a, in a way that, you know, I, I want to just go into that room and, and just sit down and listen to what people have said about me. And, and hopefully, you know, there are things that, yeah. you know, I've done that's in terms of helping what, people. That's not what legacy means to me, by the way, at all. Um, legacy for me. So Harriet Tubman left the legacy for me. Um, at 14, I knew that I wanted to be someone successful and it came from reading that biography. I thought if this little woman can go through so much mental and physical abuse and still be able to rescue so many people and stand up for so many people, surely in this day and age that I live in, I can do whatever I want and succeed if I put my mind to it. That's a legacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. I like, no, that, like I, that. I, 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 the older I get, I care less what people think if they don't. So whether you've got nice things to say about me or not at my funeral, by that time, hopefully, I'm with the um, I'm with the creator. <laughs> I think his, his whole his whole idea of saying nice things about him, he was just saying in the part of you know helping people and trying to make people's life better. You know, hopefully that would make people say nice things about him. You know. You know, yeah, you know, no, I get it. And it, and that is nice. Um, it's funny. My um, first time I've said it um, out loud, by the way, on anything that's gone out live, my dad recently passed away. And my dad taught me so many things about having a clean heart, 
and being the type of person with principles. And that really comes from my dad. And I've grown up with my dad always teaching me, if you do something, you do something from the goodness of your heart and what it does for someone. Even if they wanted to trace you off, as you would say in the West Indies, or not say something nice about it, if you do it, you do something with a clean heart and for a good reason, not for what you're either going to get back in return or what people are going to say. When you think about some of the greatest leaders in the world, even down to Jesus, whether you believe he was God's son or a prophet like the Muslims, it doesn't matter. It was someone that existed um you know the example of how to live was to treat people equally and fairly irrespectively of how they treated you and I think it's just something that's been ingrained to me if you're going to do something you just do it with a really good heart it's not about what you get back in return and I just feel like that's what legacy is it's when you have got the ability to put others before yourself for yeah. a greater reason. It's not just about being Mother Teresa. I'm not saying I'm going to lie down and have everyone walk all over me because I'm definitely no walkover. <laughs> but um... <laughs> uh, I think for me, it's about, you know, that empathy, that love, you know, trying to just make the other person feel good, you know, helping the, yeah, helping the next guy cross to the other side of the road, you know, which is, which is, which is great. And again, you know, like literally driving and, Laying someone pass in front of you because we, we, me and you know that. And I, I don't know, I don't, I don't know how much you drive or driving in this country, people are always rushing. So, yeah, yeah there are times I just, I'll just stop and say, go. And they were like, oh, really? Should I go? I said, yeah, yeah, go, go, go. They were like, yeah. like, you know, because it's, it's something that people don't really do much. You know, I, I think just having I totally that. I agree with you. It's just a simple <laughs> thing sometimes. It's not the big things, it's the simple things. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is, it is, it is, it is. It is. Um, I, I know you're big with women, you know, helping women and making them great, you know, their purpose and their why as well, you know. Do you also help men as well? Yes, in the past I've worked with men, but um, I'm going to be honest with you, it's not really my favourite group. I think, uh, <laughs> it's, 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 I don't, um, you know, whoever listens to the show, it's, it's really hard. I think I've had to learn as I've gotten older, there is actually a pecking order in life. And actually, I find that many African women understand this really, really well. Um, if that makes any sense. When I say there's a pecking order, um, even if you look to biblical times, you've got God, you've got man and you've got woman. Um, and when you're a woman in business, it is really, really difficult. It's no different from, you know, being in my household. You know, I've got two boys. I've got a girl. I've got my husband. And you're having to wear the different hats. Does that make sense? Of being in all these different environments from going to be a leader, then going back to being a wife, giving my husband the breath to be able to be a man. Does that make any sense? Mm -hmm. And I think in the world of business, men and women are very different in that sense. And I feel that a lot of men need male leadership. It's just, it's just, it's just one of the laws of life. Like we've got a food chain, haven't we? And we've seen what's happened now that man's messed with the food chain. <laughs> you know, there are some serious, um, conflicts with the food chain and what's happening it's changed the world and that's because we've tampered with it and I think in terms of us being human you have to understand that there is a food chain so I think with men and especially men of color and underrepresented men they need more of a male guidance does that make any sense sometimes I've seen the struggle and battle and not just with gender as well it can even be with age sometimes um, you know, being younger, maybe, and you're speaking to someone elder and you're trying to get a point across about digital strategies. And then I start speaking French, you start speaking Japanese. Before <laughs> you know it, we're miscommunicating. Um, I think it goes back to what I was explaining about target audiences and being able to connect with your audience. I can connect with my audience in terms of being a mum, in terms of being a wife. We get to sit down and talk about what it's like to be the head of a boardroom and then go back home and having to step down from that leadership role. <laughs> Um, it's just the things that you have in common. So it's not that I don't work with men, but um, yeah, there's something about women and sisterhood that is just magic when you come together. It's just simply magic. Think about it in, you know, when we look at developing countries, you'd have a village that would bring up a child. You know, women would come together. They would wash clothes together, hang them out. They would cook together and make one pot of food for the whole village. It's naturally within us to be natural born leaders and nurturers. So it just feels more natural for me. Yeah, I don't yeah. have to have any filter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think in terms of, you know, business and entrepreneurship, you know, I think in terms of that, like you said, the women, you know, they are great leaders, you know, and I think if they, if you have a system whereby, you know, the, the women will try to pass that to their kids. Like now you're an entrepreneur, your kids are seeing you saying, mommy's doing this, you know, I want to do that as well, you know. But I think way back, it was always the case of the man is always 
the the head of the house, the breadwinner, he goes to work, or daddy has a business. But it was never a case of mommy having a business. See, this is what's interesting, because it's really funny. So I was reading a Forbes article, actually, I think it was yesterday morning, and I thought it was really interesting. It was talking about Nigerian women, and it was saying that 40% of Nigerians' population of women actually run their own business. And it's just something that's becoming more popular in recent years. But uh-huh. dating back to like the 70s and 80s, actually, um, it was just saying that Nigerian women actually, you know, have been really heavily involved in their husband's businesses. We're talking about like top oil companies, property development companies that are turning over tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars a year. So, you know, let's just look at even Obama. And we look at people like Michelle. I think women have always played a very, very big role in businesses and entrepreneurialism. We just haven't been at the forefront of it. Um, you know, it's that expression behind every great man. There's a woman. <laughs> a great, right, exactly. <laughs> so I think we've been, play, we've been playing this role for decades, but we just, you know, haven't really been recognised for it. And what's happening now is with the way how things are changing socially, if that makes any sense, that the world is now changing and evolving. Um, And there's a lot of groups that are popping up now. Does that make any sense? Um, Not to change the subject or get into it, but I was trying to explain to um, one of my um, friends from the LGBT community that was trying to make a comparison between people of colour and their community. I was just simply pointing out, and don't anybody hate me and turn me into a Dave Chappelle, but uh, (laughs) I was just trying to explain to them that this fight and struggle that we've been fighting on has been going on for thousands of years. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) It's a long time. So I just feel like I'm using that example because women have been backing their husbands and been doing great things in business for absolute centuries from yeah. the running of the farm days and farming <laughs> land. <laughs> uh, you do, you're doing an amazing job. Love what you're doing. It's been a great show so far, you know, and, and you've dropped a lot of, you know, helpful tips, you know, strategies as well that will help people even, even help me as well, you know, but in terms of, you know, st- like, Someone comes to you and say, you know, starting from scratch, you know, how do I start from, from scratch? You know, based on your own experience, you know, what would you tell that person? That's a really good question, by the way. Really good question. What would I tell someone starting from scratch? Okay, so you do have to find something you're passionate about because you're going to have to have a lot of grit, tenacity and desire to start this journey. So you're going to have to find your desire. And you would have read this or heard this before about doing something that you love. But once you've decided that, you're going to have to get really strategic. You need to figure out who would be the first segment of audience that would buy from me. What are my profit margins going to be? And how much money do I need to make to get to my survival budget? And you just need to do that and nothing else first. It goes back to exactly what you were saying in the beginning, little by little. Don't take that. You can have an end goal, but try not to write the plan for that end goal in the beginning because you're going to try to start building the end goal out. And that's when you're going to take on something too big and lose motivation. You just want to start setting like one thing. You just want to pick one social media channel. You just want to pick one part of your segment and build it around that. Have a goal for monetization and achieve that first and then keep building up from there rather than trying to do everything at once. Yeah. And and, and again, you know, I get asked these questions all, all the time, you know, like playing. Like I think we spoke about it earlier on, you know, playing different roles. Start in the beginning, you know, we, we play, dif- like now, I use myself, I always use myself as an example, you know, I play different roles, you know, I, I do the recording, I do the editing, I do the social media, I do everything, right? And people are scared of this because they, they, they're saying now, you know, I, I don't, I don't know how to record myself, I don't know how to edit, you know, I don't know how to, I don't know how to do anything, you know, because so, someone that has the passion for, for business, you know, you, you have your passion, you know, you want to do these things, you know, but there's still that bit of, you know, how do I get by starting in terms of little beginnings and doing stuff myself, you know, because people just get stuck on those things. I, I don't know if you've come across sending, sending people that just get stuck and say, I can't do this. You know, how do I, how do I go past this stage? Yeah. Yeah. I understand exactly what you're saying. And if you want me to be honest with you, it's one of the reasons why my community is for underrepresented women. Cause you see many people from underrepresented groups understand going through adversity so when you don't have the budget for all of that 
Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to find a way. <laughs> There's now, always a way. People, that is an alien language. Does that make any sense? And yeah. you know, I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. So when my mum and dad didn't have enough money to feed us, they found a way. I turned out to be perfectly fine. You know, probably overweight. Um, but I'm just saying, <laughs> you find a way. Um, needs must means in us and that's where you're going to have to dig deep and you're going to have to prioritize and that's why I'm saying don't start off too big um, when you're in that position and let's face it who knows it feels it another thing my dad's um, taught me so what you're saying to me is not something that I'm speaking on and I haven't got a clue I know what it feels like to have no money and a dream I know what that feels like even my cleaning business that was my dad giving me 300 pounds and my now husband giving me 300 pounds and on my life I started my cleaning business on 600 pounds I was literally but that model was okay I'm gonna put an ad in the yellow pages that's no different to going on google ads now I'm going to get a telephone number. I'm going to build up a website. That's no different to going onto Wix or GoDaddy. The phone rings. I pick it up. I'm going out to clean. I'm doing it all. Um, and it was funny when the cleaning business is a beautiful example of what I'm speaking about. The amount of cleaning business owners that I would meet, and a lot of them would be men, sorry to say, um, a lot of facility managers and cleaning business owners are men. The thought of cleaning is beneath them. It's not for them. And I've met women like that as well that, you know, they don't have to go and clean. And it's funny, that was my success in the cleaning business because I became really good at quoting. Why? Because I knew how long things took because I had to clean. (laughs) So as the business grew, I knew. So there is no escaping. I'm so sorry. I've got no secret formula for you. There is no escaping having three to four hours sleep a night so you're burnt out and then you crash and then you've got to go and do it again. There's no getting around having to learn to do things yourself, doing things that you don't like. It's just life when you want to succeed. I've got, I'm I'm not going to paint a pretty picture. I'm so sorry. When you've got no money and you've got a dream, you are going to have to put your back into it and you are going to have to go above and aboard. And even if you want to look at some of the greatest people in the world, let's look at artists, Michael Jackson, Beyonce. These are all people that did not grow up in poor backgrounds. If you read their biographies and follow their stories, they work their arse off to be the best at what they are. There's no getting around that. Go home if you don't want to do that. Go home, go home, go home, Natalia. Go Go home. home. But (laughs) you might be someone that's got got funding, has got access to something, and that isn't your story. I'm not saying that's everyone's story, but I'm just merely pointing out, I know what the question you ask, I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Who feels it knows it. (laughs) Uh, I'm telling you, 100, man, 100. Love that, love that. Um, you you quite you're quite busy, you know, busy with your, yeah. with your with your business, with family as well, you know, your coaching business as well. Everything you're busy, you know. But when it comes to people often say work life balance, you know, how do you balance that? Oh, you don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've heard the expression myself. Can't say that I live it, but. Um, <sighs> Family is really important to me. And I think having children has taught me about balance. I mean, I am, I'm working very much on self-love at the moment and having a little bit more time for me. But my work-life balance is probably bringing the family together. I'm that person that will, like we have an annual barbecue. I like bringing people together. I like having my home and my house full of laughter and love. Um, and for me, that's what makes the hard work worthwhile. When you look around and you're having a function and you can see everyone eating, laughing, you can hear the music, you're embracing your culture. So that's my work-life balance is bringing everyone together, believe it or not. I am trying to work a lot harder on having time to myself, but it doesn't work like that. Um, as you grow and you become more successful, you do, you've, I've got a team now. Um, so it's different, but at the same time, I spend a lot of times in meetings now. I spend a lot of times doing leaderships. So that work-life balance is important, but I think within my team, we've got our own fact. We are like family. So I also get my work-life balance. The, all the things I'm talking to you about, I ingrain with my staff, my team. So I'll have days where it'd be like, right, we're taking a few days off next week. Everybody needs to take a break and a rest. There'd be weeks where we all go at it and we're working completely around the clock. So I just do what I can when I can. And um, So I haven't got the perfect answer for that one. I'm still trying to figure that one out myself. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so moving for moving forward, you know, going forward, what's 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 the next thing for you? Um, next thing for me is to really um conquer the African market, actually, place. Um, you know, people keep telling me that's, that there's that's no the place more- that that's the place to be, you know, right yeah. now. People keep telling me, actually, I'm not even gonna go there. I, I'm sure you know the people were telling me it that there's no affordability in Africa. People cannot afford your services. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Um, and even now, we are running Facebook ad campaigns, and the leads that we're getting in from Africa, especially Nigeria, are crazy. I was going to um, say that they're crazy. We literally in the UK, just to give you an example, we would spend about thirty pounds just to get one lead, and I kid you not. In Africa, we are spending between £1.90 and £2.50 per lead. Um, And the quality of the candidates and the worksheets that they're filling out on the lessons that we're teaching are far more above what you would get coming from the UK. Yeah, I said it. I'm sorry. Um, So we really are going after the African market. And, you know, 2023, I would love to have a huge convention um, digital marketing festival for underrepresented women that women can come to and Africa they are um, in the fashion industry materials textiles um, there's a company that I even work with that's a part of our mastermind imagine that they farm share butter and products from their family farm in Ghana they import it to the UK and they make a whole range of natural products and their business is going to strength to strength and they're able to give back to their own community in Ghana you know there's a lot of natural resources um, we just look at the beauty market coconut oil share butter Jehovah oil you know I'm from the Caribbean and there's so much natural resources that um, these countries have got that are being sold at such a high price in the UK. And the digital world is the way to tap into that and really sell those products at mass. So, yeah, um, our yeah. next step is our membership site to become a really well-renowned training site for women um, to build their own business. But in Africa. Yeah, I can tell you for free that once you start that, you know, you're going to need all the energy because that, that market is huge, it's big, man. And and there's a lot going on out there that no one has not really like realized what's going on out there because I'm originally, I'm from Nigeria, you know, and I know that so once people buy into you, you know, like, like we're, we're talking about relationship and, you know, being relatable as well, you know, once they key into you, they like you, they they know that you're, you're genuine, you know, they they will just go all out for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm convinced. I need to do my DNA. I'm convinced that my ancestry must have come from Nigeria, just to let you know. Um, I'm, I'm just loving Nigerian women. I've got such a big, massive respect for them. West Africa in general, but Nigerian women just seem to have, they can juggle like 50 balls at the same time and keep their eyes on all of them. Um <laughs> <laughs> you know, very well educated, got children running the house, got a business. So I'm I'm resonating with them a lot because that's my life as well. But it's not just to call um, Nigeria out. South Africa has got a big following, loads of successful women. That yep. community seems to be taken to me really well. And you're right, people by people. And it's about making connections with people. So, yeah, watch this space. But I'm really curious about Nigeria, like really <laughs> curious. <laughs> I actually just want to get on a plane. My husband recently went to Ghana because... Um, his granddad's from Ghana and he was out there last year. Okay. And every time I keep saying to him, let's go. Um, it's really funny. What is it about Ghanaians and Nigerians, by the way? <laughs> jollof rice. Is that what it is? <laughs> there's this, there's this jollof rice war that, you know, that, that goes on like, oh, the, the Ghanaian says they, they do better jollof rice. Nigerian says we do better jollof rice. So it's all about the jollof rice for us. And yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, the Ghanaian is like, why do you want to go to Nigeria? I'm, I'm just really curious. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I've been to South, I've been blessed with going to South Africa, um, but that wasn't really Africa, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> Sorry, it wasn't. <laughs> It was a version of Europe. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to conquering um, that marketplace. I really am. Yeah, absolutely not tell her, you know. So um to draw this to an end, you know, what would be the last thing you want to say to someone that listened to this? You know, women as well, men, you know, listen to this and said, you know, I listened to this to this show and Natalia said this, you know, and this will stick with me for a long time, you know. What, what would that thing be? Um, there's two things I want to say. I think the first thing I want to say is, you know what, believe in yourself and your dreams. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do something. Nobody has the right to tell anybody that they cannot do something if you have a desire to do something do it um and you know you're you're special you're gonna you're you're gonna get ahead um I think that's my first most important thing my second thing is that the digital age is here and just like when I explained to you salt 
you know, we used to trade with salt, salt turn into gold and silver, gold and silver turn into paper. Papers are now about to turn into cryptocurrency. And we look at the world, we look at, we had an industrial revolution, we had an electrical revolution, we had, you know, the Wall Street crash. We are in the digital age. And actually the digital age has lowered barriers. Um, the world cannot cope financially with just 1% of it being rich. And I'm telling you, coming from 2003, what it took to set a business up that was viable then to what it is now, it's still a lot of hard work, but the entry barriers are lower. So if there was any time that you're going to get up and do something and also be able to connect with people internationally, um, the barriers have been lowered for you now. So like you said, just start, (laughs) just start, just simply start. Start somewhere. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, just start, man. Or, or just do it like Nike. Yeah, just do it. Just do it. <laughs> just do it, man. It's, it's been a wonderful show, you know. I, I think we touched about touched about every part, you know. I, I, I don't think there's nothing yeah. left, you know. I have, honestly, I have seen, I've been doing um, interviews all week. I have thoroughly, this has been my favourite. This has just felt like a really cool conversation with my brother or someone. Like, seriously, Thanks. I've had, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. You know, and for those that want to get in touch with you, you know, you know, these days social media is big. People want to, you know, get in touch with you one way or the other. You know, where is the best place to get in touch with you? Best place is please come into our Facebook group, Women in Digital Business. Um, You just need to look the group up on Facebook. But you will find me on every platform under Women in Digital Business, my website, social media, and also under my name, Natalia Nicholson. Absolutely. Literally, you will. You if those are the two things that you just need to type in, and you'll find me. But if you go to Women in Digital Business, my website, that will lead you to everywhere. But our Facebook group is a really thriving community. I do a lot of Facebook lives, free resources, and training in there. So if you do want help, you want to get ahead, come and join us in our Facebook group. Don't worry, there's no obligation in my group. There's no. <laughs> There's no upselling. If you're ready to want help, you've got it. And if you don't, you'll be able to have, have a community that you can be attached to and get some help. And hopefully men are also welcome as well, right? Not really, so. <laughs> uh... <laughs> oh, my God. But, you know, they might have a wife, a cousin, a friend, you know. Um, <sighs> the, the community is definitely, it, it is women only. But let's just say you had a business partner and you were man and woman. Of course, you're welcoming. But we don't actually tell anybody you're not welcome. But the community is for women. Um, I, it was it was a hard decision to make. But I just feel like that's the community that I can help the most and connect with more. So that's what I've gone with. Abs- Sorry. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to have to hang out on podcasts. <laughs> You're gonna have to invite me back. Uh, do that, do that. It's been, it's been a wonderful conversation, you know. Love every bit of it. You know, you're an amazing guest as well. You know, have that drive, have that push, you know, and and you dropped a lot of a lot of nuggets here, a lot of things to take away from this, you know. And I'm really, really grateful that you know you, you made that time, you know, your busy schedule to come on the show. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Um, I've had a blast, so thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed that. Yeah, nice one. Thanks, yeah. Thank you. Take care. Good.